Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. And then verses... 11 through 18 speak of a second beast like the first beast empowered by the same demon by the same devil satan is controlling both of these two characters and they are very important characters in the book of revelation in fact they're the reason why things are going to such and such a mess Welcome, everyone, to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's Truth in Christ Radio. Today, our study begins with an explanation of the second beast that John is introduced to. This creature represents someone like the beast rising from the sea because the same word beast is used to describe them both. At the same time, this beast is different. They are different in origin because one comes from the sea and the other out of the earth. They are different in rank because the second is subordinate to the first and causes the earth to worship the first beast. They are different in appearance because the second has a mild, lamb-like appearance. Now let's join Pastor Rob. Uh, Let's open our Bibles today to Revelation chapter 13. Revelation chapter 13. Let's go ahead and read it. We're going to take communion today we got a lot to cover, so I'm just going to read it, and then we're going to get right into it, okay? In Revelation 13, it says, Then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and spoke like a dragon, and he exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence, and causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast, whose deadly wound was healed. He performs great signs so that even he makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. And he deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived. He was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast, and the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed." He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads, and that no man may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. His number is 666. Isn't this exciting to talk about? I'm so glad we have one shot at all of this in the, here in the book of Revelation, and, and then we get right back into the Gospels. I'm looking forward to that. But it's important for us to understand, because we're living in a very dangerous time 
We're being conditioned. I don't know if you know that. We're being conditioned. We have been for several years, but there's a tide that's been building up, and it's building and building and building. And so this can't be more appropriate and applicable to what we're experiencing today. You know, I had no control, honestly, uh, over the, 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 how, how we were going to be here at this place in the scriptures at this time. I, there's no way I could have prepared for that. It, it would be lunacy to even do that. You remember that when Pastor Jeff left, he had finished Hebrews, and we started right in James. And we'd just been going, plodding along, verse by verse, chapter by chapter ever since. And isn't it a coincidence? Oh, I'm sure it is. It's just a coincidence that we're here at this time in our history. I believe that there's a reason that God put this here, and the reason we're here, and I had nothing to do with it. And I love that because it's so safe just to be walking with God and letting him throttle the whole thing. I had no way of pushing it forward or holding it back. There's no way I could tell where we'd be at this time if I, if I even attempted to try and control that. So I love that about God. And I just attest that to him. So notice what it says. It says, Then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb and spoke like a dragon. This another beast is really another beast of the same kind, the same kind as the first beast. Remember the first beast that we talked about in the first 10 verses of chapter 13 was referring to the Antichrist, this man of sin, the man of lawlessness who's going to come upon the earth shortly after the church is removed. After the church is removed, then it tells us in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 that the church has to be removed and then he will be revealed. It must be that way. We are at the point now where we would be able to call him out and identify him much quicker than the world would because they have no idea who he is, his intentions, his agenda. And they think it's just, they don't even, many people don't even know it, folks. You and I have had the privilege of hearing these things in the word of God for years, some of us for 20 and 30 years or more. And it's all very familiar to us. It's in the, it's in the RAM. It's in RAM. It's in our <laughs> random access memory. It's here in short term, and we understand it. We don't completely understand it, but we know what's coming. But there are people who have no idea. They have no idea whatsoever. And so they are living right now with no hope. They are living in a world where they can't see and understand what's coming. You and I do. What a great Savior we have. He tells us in advance. Isn't that what a good shepherd does? He tells in advance so that we're not frightened. Because believe me, there is enough to be frightened about today. Even in the normal course of human events, things happen in our lives that scare the daylights out of us. And God tells us in advance. And why does he do that? Because he wants to prepare us so that we're not overcome and wrought with fear. Do you understand? And many people today are wrought with fear, even Christians. And yet God has told us in advance. But this other beast, this other beast, the one that we're speaking of today, verses 1 through 10 in chapter 13 talk about the first beast, the Antichrist, the man of sin. And then verses 11 through 18 speak of a second beast like the first beast, empowered by the same demon, by the same devil, Satan, is controlling both of these two characters. And they are very important characters in the book of Revelation. In fact, they're the reason why things are going to such, in such a mess. It's because of Satan that there's wars and, and diseases. It's because of all these, uh, you know, all of these racial things that are happening in the, in the world. It's because of sin. And he is the author of it. Satan is the author of it. And he is behind the Antichrist and this second beast that we're talking about today. And, and so who is this beast? He's the third member of the Trinity, of the demonic Trinity, excuse me, and he's the false prophet. 
In fact, there are passages in Revelation that speak of this being being the false prophet. We don't have to look very far. We can look at Revelation 16, verse 13. What does it tell us? And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs coming out of the mouth of the dragon, who is Satan. We already know who that is. Out of the mouth of the beast, who is the Antichrist. And out of the mouth of the false prophet. There he is. He's unveiled. He is the false prophet. That is the one that we're speaking of today. And also in Revelation chapter 19, verse 20, it speaks of his demise. It says, Then the beast, the Antichrist, he was captured, and with him the false prophet, who works signs in his presence by which he deceived those who, do, who received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. These two were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. That is their ultimate end. It's called Gehenna. It's called the second death. There is no escaping that judgment, and it lasts for eternity. Right now when people die, and if they go to heaven, they go, they're immediately with the Lord. If they go to hell, they go to this place. They don't go to this place, but they go to... Um, they go to Hades, they go to a place that's really a container, if you will, waiting for the day of the great judgment where everyone in that place will ultimately be cast into their final demise in the lake of fire. And do you think it makes God's heart glad that that is going to be? Let me tell you, he does not delight in the death of the wicked. He never has. It is better, he, he would much rather that men would, would turn from their sin and live. That is his heart. That's his character. There is no delight in the heart of God when anyone rejects him and ultimately spends eternity separated from him forever. There is nothing in the heart of God that delights in that at all. And so, even though I'm flippantly going by these things, I, sometimes I think there are demands a, a pause of gravity here. Because I can get so familiar with this stuff and I forget that these are people that I love. Hopefully none of the people that I love, but people that I love potentially are going to go ultimately to this place. How does that, what does that do inside of you? If you're like me, it tears me up. And it makes me want to be more vocal about my faith. And it's not even my faith, it's, it's the faith of Jesus. It belongs to him and he imparted it to me. And I get the great privilege of sharing what God has done in my life. Isn't it a wonderful gift? Isn't it a wonderful thing that he's done in your life? Saving you from the pit. Isn't that amazing? And could we deserve it? We could never deserve it. It's all by grace. For by grace are you saved through faith. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Amen? And then finally, in Revelation 20, verse 10, what does it say? The devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire. Now the devil is going to be cast in there. First the false prophet and the antichrist. And then guess what? The devil gets to live for another thousand years, chained in the abyss. For a thousand years, the Antichrist, the false prophet, they're already in their final doom. God's going to allow Satan a thousand years to think about it. He's powerless to do anything about it. And then finally, at the end of that thousand years, he's released from his prison for a short time, and then ultimately he will be captured and cast in there as well. And that is his final demise. That's why he's so angry. That's why he hates so greatly. That's why he doesn't care how he takes people down. He knows his doom is sure. Believe me, he knows the Bible better than any of us. He just doesn't obey it. He knows it. He quoted it to Jesus. Remember? In the temptation, in the desert, in the Judean foothills there. He knows it very well, but this false prophet is a sheep 
Actually, he's a lamb. (laughs) He's a wolf in sheep's clothing. He's a wolf in sheep's clothing. He will be like a lamb, but he will speak as a dragon. What does it say to us in Matthew 7? Jesus, speaking here, he says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Of course not. You will know them by their fruits. The things that they say, the things that they teach, the way they live, you will notice them by their fruit of their life. They can say whatever they want, and sometimes they'll even throw in a bunch of scripture and make it sound good, and then 5% will be error. And then you watch the way they live, and they got the fancy you know, planes, and they're, they're doing crack cocaine and living lascivious lives. You know them by their fruit. They're charlatans. They're wolves in sheep's clothing. Jesus said, stay away from them. Don't listen to them. Don't listen to them. And John the Apostle, if you remember, in 1 John chapter 4, he says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits. And this is unfortunately one of the things that they're not going to be doing in the tribulation period. They're not going to be testing the spirits, and therefore he is going to deceive the whole world. Many in the whole world, I should say. Most of the whole world, except for those who have given their heart to Christ during that time. And it's going to be very difficult to give your heart to Christ in the tribulation period. The deception and the delusion is going to be so great, folks, let me tell you, we, have, we, we know nothing about delusion and deception. But when this happens, don't think that you're so strong. And I've heard people say, well, I'll just give my, you know, I'm going to live the way I want now. And then when the church is removed, you know, then I'll give my heart to the Lord because then I'll know it's real. That's pretty foolish. That's called Russian roulette. Why would you play games with your eternity? And what makes you think you've got the strength to withstand the deceptions of the devil? Believe me, if it weren't the Spirit of God in us, we would all be sitting ducks. Not to overemphasize his power. He he has no power but what God allows him to have. But unrestrained and, and without the Spirit of God in us, he can mess with you like you've never believed. With your mind. It's very important that we stay in the Word of God, especially now, because deceptions are are ramping up very much so. In this verse 2, uh, Verse as well, I'm sorry, in verse 10, it says that this beast is going to come up out of the earth. Some believe that this out of the earth is a reference to the land of Israel. It could be. It could be. The first beast, the Antichrist, came out of the sea, the sea of humanity, it tells us, in other areas of the scripture, which could mean the the Gentile nations, which Europe certainly is representative of. But this one will come up out of the land, and we believe it could be Israel. And it could be that this man, this false prophet, it could be, could be that he might be a Jew. Because how are the Jewish people going to receive a Messiah that's not Jewish? I don't believe the Antichrist necessarily is going to be Jewish. He's probably going to be a Gentile, but this false prophet who's going to have the same power and he's going to be pointing to the Antichrist, the Jews very well could believe in him, especially if he is a Jew. And especially if he's able to call down fire, as we're going to see shortly, he's going to be able to perform miracles validating that he is perhaps Elijah that is to come that Malachi told us about. He is going to counterfeit those things that God has spoken. In other words, he won't be a mixed, uh, he won't be mixed like the beast of the sea from a variety of Gentile nations, but will probably be a Jew. And notice what it says in verse 11. Then I saw, and he had two horns like a lamb. 
and he spoke like a dragon. When you think of two horns, you know, thank God he's only got two. The other one had ten. And what a fearsome, awesome beast that he was. Horrible. And yet this beast, it's like a lamb. You know, the other red beast looked like some kind of, have you seen pizza thrown out onto the street? It just, it's, it's like red and everything's all over. That's what the beast looked like, just a mess. And yet this guy comes along and he's a gentle little lamb. <laughs> Got two little cute little horns sticking out. Some species of lambs and sheep have horns. So he's going to look innocent and cute. Much more approachable than this ten-headed beast. The first beast is the politician and the military man, the Antichrist. The second man will be the man of religion. He is going to be the one who is going to unite the world in a religious ceremonies. Notice the counterfeit of Christ as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus is the Lamb of God, but now this one comes as a lamb with two horns. And Jesus, in Matthew's Gospel, in chapter 24, may have referred to both the Antichrist and the false prophet when he said, For there will be great tribulation, such as not been since the beginning of the world, until this time, no, nor ever shall be. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh should be saved. And we've seen this verse many times, but for the elect sake, those days will be shortened. Then notice what Jesus says. Then if anyone says to you, look, here is Christ, or there, do not believe it. What does he say? For false Christs and false prophets will arise to show great signs, great miracles and wonders, to deceive, if possible, even the very elect. The elect that he's speaking about here in the tribulation period is the Jews. At least the Jews, perhaps unbelievers, other un- unbelieving or believing Gentile believers who receive Christ during that time by some grace of God, they too will be able to, um, hopefully they, they, they won't be deceived by this, although it's going to be very intense, very intense. Notice in verse 12, and he exercises this second beast, all the authority of the first beast in his presence and causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. Remember the Antichrist at some point in his career, in the very beginning perhaps, or in the middle of this seven-year period, is going to receive a deadly wound. He's going to die, and he's going to go to the abyss. He's going to go to hell. And in that, he is going to come up, and whether it's him, whether it's his spirit, or a demonic spirit, a very powerful demon, perhaps even Satan himself, we're not really sure, but either way, he is going to be resurrected physically with the spirit of Satan himself inside this man. And see, you and I have never experienced being around anyone like that. That's what's going to happen. And everyone is going to be, it's going to be scientifically verifiable. They're going to be able to look at it and say, this is genuine. This is the real deal. This wasn't some hocus pocus, you know, pull up the curtain and all of a sudden he's alive again, but he's really on life support. No, this is going to be a genuine death and a genuine resurrection. Everyone will believe it. They will see it and they will fear and they will reverence this beast. And so this second beast is the one uh, who's going to get all of the, the authority as that first beast And he's going to cause the earth and those who dwell in it. The earth, okay? This is not just a location specific like New York or New Jersey. It's going to be the entire world. The entire world. And and he's going to promote the worship of this beast, the Antichrist. He is the third member of this demonic trinity. And notice, he caused the earth and those who dwell in it to worship him. To worship the beast. You know, when I read this, it immediately brought to mind a scripture 
And it was Psalm 24, if you remember, it says, The earth is the Lord's. The earth is the Lord's. Wouldn't we all agree it belongs to him by right of creation? In fact, not just the earth, but all the other, all the other planets, all the, other, the whole universe, actually, he holds in the span of his hands. The earth is the Lord's, and it's all of its fullness, the world and those who dwell therein. And here is a direct confrontation against that one psalm, that one verse, because now this beast, this Antichrist, causes the earth... And those who dwell in it, to worship Jesus? No, to worship this false Christ, this Antichrist, who is not going to be so much opposed as he's going to be the one in place of. He's going to counterfeit everything he does so that, because if he outright opposed him, initially everyone would uh, be suspicious, but he is going to replace him, you know, and he's going to counterfeit it so people will think that he really is Jesus, that he really is the Messiah. The Lord belongs to the Lord, but for a brief time it's going to be under Satan's control, but not for long. It's only going to be for a short time, and unfortunately we've lived a couple thousand years, and to the Lord that's a short time, but we've dealt with this being, this devil, for a couple thousand years, and I'm looking forward to the day when he is cast into the lake of fire, no longer to wreak havoc on a population, upon God's people, upon people, period. Satan is always desired to be worshipped. You recall, and we looked at this last week in Isaiah chapter 14, as Isaiah is talking to the king, he actually, in, in verse 12, begins to talk about the power behind the throne, the power behind the king of Tyre, I believe it was. And notice what he says, and this is the heart of Satan. What, what is his boast? It begins in verse 13. God speaking says, Satan, you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. And I love what it says. God says, oh, is that true? Verse 15, yet thou shalt be brought down to Sheol, which is hell, in your King James to the lowest depths of the pit. Those who will see you will gaze at you and consider, saying, Is this the man who made the earth tremble, who shook kingdoms, who made the world as a wilderness and destroyed its cities, who did not open the house of his prisoners? All the kings of the nations, all of them sleep in glory, everyone in his own house, but you are cast out of the grave like an abominable branch, like the garment of those who are slain, thrust through with the sword, who go down to the stones of the pit like a corpse, trodden underfoot." Good grief, the Lord is pronouncing judgment upon this being. And it's certain, it's sure, it's going to happen. Satan has always desired worship. And just as this false prophet is going to give worship to the, fall, or to the uh, Antichrist, the beast, the first beast, he even tried to get Jesus, Satan tried to get Jesus to worship him. We looked at this last week too, but it... it's good for us to look at this again. The devil takes him up into a high mountain and tells him all these things, you know, he showed him all the kingdoms of the world somehow. All these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. And Jesus said, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. And nothing has really changed. His desire for worship is so great. And even if he gets it just for a short period of time, it suffices him. Can you imagine A character like that. Have you been around somebody who wants something so bad, they'll sacrifice anything and everything, even if they only have it for one moment? 
That is who he is. That's the mind. That's, and make no mistake, he's a very powerful individual. Very powerful. And he's a I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our journey through the book of Revelation. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester Sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play and Apple Podcast. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.